0: Thank you. Because, I mean, really, are there any heartbreakers in this season? That that could be debated. But they lost the game that if they played ten times, they probably would have won uh, seven or eight. Uh, Joining me to talk about this affair, which I think had a lot of good stuff to it, um, is my favorite, your favorite, the one and only Zach Deluzio. Zach, how the hell are you doing, man?
1: Hey, John. Doing well, man. I'm doing well.
0: Uh, I'm happy to hear that. And I think there's... There's some legitimate reasons to be doing well after that game. But um, so you asked me before we we came on the air, so to speak, how I was doing. And I was like, yeah, I'm good after that game. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good too. And uh, then you said something interesting, and I would like you to share it with uh, our of course, mass, it... masses of listeners. After. Yeah,
1: so uh, my, my thing is after a game like this, I was not unhappy at all. I mean the cats aren't good you, you can't I'm not going to say I was happy but me personally I was fine with it so you start to see this this negativity yeah kind of or just a, around general vibes of I think negativity it's a New on York Twitter thing, a yeah. little bit a little yeah. bit I hate to and say I, it, but I I have to just I have to just hop off Twitter when that happens like I when I I know the games when this happens I just don't go on Twitter after the game I'll check my replies to be, you know, I don't want to be uh, an asshole to people, but I'm not checking my timeline for two hours at least. So,
0: (laughs) you know, just for for anybody who's listening to this that didn't watch the game, basically it went like this. The Knicks came out and... Did not give um, their best defensive effort in the first quarter. <laughs> Is that a, a fair assessment? Oh yeah, oh, of <laughs> it was shocking. I know with uh, Moutier, Hardaway, Cantor, Knox, and, and Ley being the lone lone bastion of hope out there. Um, and then second unit came in, played with some nice energy. Um, but Cavs, I thought, hit some some contested shots during the second half yes. of that first quarter. Knicks ended up giving up 39 points, and their defense actually shored up from there. They ended up giving up 26 in the second, 21st in the third, 27 in the fourth. Um, got They were, fell down by 22, came back, tied the game, uh, close game throughout, and then they ended up being down by three with how many seconds were left when that play happened? Uh, the three? yeah, Maybe like a no, minute? Um, or the dunk? No, no, I'm talking about the inbounds, the inbounds play. Oh,
1: oh, oh, uh, the first one or the second one? <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> the, the Moutier inbounds play. Oh, so, yeah, like... What uh, was that, like 15 I'll, seconds or so? Yeah, maybe. Okay. So they called, they're called, they down by three, um, Fizz calls timeout, and uh, they drew up a play that had Emmanuel Moutier inbounding the ball. And, uh, no one, no one got open and no one was really looking for the ball yeah. and, uh, it was a turnover and, you know, it's like, so I'm, well, let me ask you, cause you're the X's and O's guy. Like I, I get that that Fisdale is not an elite X's and O's coach, but you know, when he's going to get killed on Twitter for this, yeah? does he, does he deserve to be killed like at this point,
1: I mean, for, for this, uh, no, in my opinion, I don't think so. Uh, I didn't really mind the play. Like, oh, let me be clear. I, I focus on X's and O's, but I still don't like, there's so much out there that I don't know. So, so when I describe what's happening here, I don't know what I would do better. Because I, I, ju- I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, okay, Brad Stevens is great. Yeah, he's not Brad Stevens at drawing inbound plays. Okay, what do you want? Uh, I know the play had a decent idea uh, when I was watching it over after. They were trying to – there were two kind of options that played off each other. It just didn't work. They didn't execute it well either. So when you're saying, okay, that play didn't work, coach is a terrible X's and O's guy – well it's like well why didn't they didn't execute the play well so can we really say that Which by the no, way really.
0: I we didn't even t- uh, talk about this beforehand I just watched the post game and that's exactly what David Fisdale said he said they didn't execute oh, really? the play yeah
1: Yeah no they didn't uh I kind of detailed it on Twitter but there were there were two actions they had Dotson slipping a screen to try to get over to the corner 3 and Dodson, like, didn't he didn't even sell the screen on Knox. He yep. just, like, ran up and then sprinted off to the corner. And it's like, that's not going to get anyone to help off you, which is the idea. You want his defender to help off so that he can then get ahead of steam going to the corner, right? And after that slip to the corner, they had Cantor setting a pin down for Hardaway, uh, kind of like a zipper screen, if anyone knows what it is, where... Hardaway comes straight up to the top of the arc, more or less, or kind of a crawl, whatever, off a down screen. And Cantor just, like, didn't get in position in time, so that did nothing. And then, to top it off, Cantor didn't flash to the ball when the play didn't work. So, So,
0: yeah, and I just want to point out Clarence Gaines, who... Uh, has been very interactive on Twitter this year. Yeah, it's Uh, interesting. Yeah, he pointed out a couple of things about the play. He said, for one, it was great defense by Deladova, um, and that you rarely see a defender sag off the inbounds passer and defend the passing lane so well, which is exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he actually said a very similar thing to what you just said, which is that Cantor was trying to set a screen, um, and by... He said by the time Cantor turns around, he couldn't flash. So yes. that's similar to what you were saying, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, it was just like kind of bad. He was, I thought he was a little late to set the screen. The timing was a little weird and janky. Gotcha. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I'd have to watch it over ten more times to really I mean, get it. A-
0: I no, and, and look, let's be clear. Is, is Fisdale known as an X's and O's guy? No. But the, the reason, I guess, I get as annoyed as I'm sure you do with this stuff is... Yeah, In the grand scheme of things that David Fisdale was brought here to do and accomplish, like, you could hire assistant coaches to become who who could be your exes and those guys. Right, exactly. Like, like, he has such a monumental task to take this franchise from where it has been and bring it to where it, it seeks to go. And, like, by and large, he is doing that in spades. So it's just, like, I'm sorry to have to spend five minutes on this at the start no, of the podcast, dude. but I think it's important to talk about. So And
1: here's another thing, right? Let's let's go back to the beginning of the season before we see any of these guys play. And I tell you, we got Emmanuel Moutier, Ennis Cantor, Kevin Knox, a rookie, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Damian Dotson out there on a final possession. And you got to score a bucket you're like well okay i don't know what i'm doing with that like, he's <laughs> like we're we're being sh- our impression of these guys is being shifted because of fizz yes precisely but then once we come to this point then it's fizz's fault it's like this weird
0: thing that yeah. i don't
1: really get that, but that you know whatever
0: yeah uh, and look i mean you could like people will point out obvious things like okay he's sending out a starting lineup that that can't defend anybody yeah he is um, but there's also Again, this is not a season about winning games. This is a season about challenging guys to become better. And I understand there's a balance there. Obviously, right. you do not want to repeatedly put guys in situations where they cannot succeed in. And do I think at some point the the starting lineup is going to need to achieve a little bit more offense-defense balance? Probably. Yeah. Uh, almost certainly but it, am i going to again kill him for for um doing a little experimentation in a season that is designed for that no i'm not right and, um yeah. yeah no what were we going to say sorry
1: uh it's just when, when you look at these lineups i'll keep this quick there's just it's so hard to find anything that works because of that lack of balance right because they don't have any two-way players aside yeah, from Noah it's just, Valle like and, and maybe guys. Damian Dotson. Yeah. Right. And that's it. And you can't. It's impossible to find the perfect lineup. Yeah. That's just how it is. It's fine. It's not. But whatever.
0: You know. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we, we've been talking about this all year. We'll, we'll, we'll. I'm sure continue to talk about it. Let's talk about some of the good things tonight. Um, do you want to start with Knox or Nilakina? Oh, I'd love to. Uh, either one. That's why I'm fucking happy. Excuse my
1: language, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah, listen, we're not. This isn't a. This isn't an ESPN podcast. That we're not That's owned true, by Disney. True,
1: true not listening. I don't want to. Uh, That's fine. I actually curse a lot in real life, but so
0: I'm for you, John. Um, <laughs> so let's,
1: yeah, we can start with either one, man.
0: They're you know really- what? I'm 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 on Frank's jock more than anybody. So let's let's start with Knox, um, because he was awesome. So what? I think Knox did a few really nice things tonight. What was something maybe that stood out for you? Uh, the aggre- Just the
1: general aggressiveness, which is something – because we didn't see that in the beginning of the year. He would have – he had a couple like 17-point games where I was actually – I enjoyed them because he got them in a non-aggressive way, and you're still like, what? He got 17 points? But he wasn't being aggressive. Very well said. On yeah. either end. And now he's come out of his shell, and he's like hunting – for Wilkes and he's being hyper aggressive in transition and I honestly just love it. Could we
0: could we key in on the transition point really quick? Um yeah. how how much of an advantage is it in the NBA today where and and more importantly where it's going to have a 69 forward who could flex between the 3 and the 4 and maybe someday and I don't know how the lineup how this team is going to grow but maybe even some small ball 5. Um, that's able to grab a rebound and and literally fly down the court uh, oh, like that.
1: Oh, it's so great! First of all, I mean it's fun to watch, but it, in the sense of pressuring an opposing defense, it's just crazy what he can do by grabbing the rebound and just sprinting down court because he's he's not like he's not quick. But he has long legs, and yeah, long strides, and yeah. he can really, like, all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, how much ground did he just cover? Yuck. And he kind of does this, like, weird Giannis type thing where he picks up his dribble way further than you would think. And obviously he doesn't finish like Giannis, that's crazy, but just in the sense of how much ground he can cover in two steps. Yeah. And I... all of a sudden he's at the rim, and he could do it in transition, and all of a sudden the opposing defense is panicking to control him, and there's cross matches,
0: it causes all kinds of havoc thank you for picking up on that that was actually the last point that I wanted to make because i feel like such a the the idea of picking up the right matchup in transition is going to become even more of an emphasis in in the nba today yeah. and like you know if he's the one bringing up the bringing up the ball like it's just it's going to cause confusion on defense and you're going to get uh, advantages there um i I like the fact that he got another seven rebounds. It wasn't the 15 that he got three nights ago, but um, seven's not bad.
1: Yeah, he does a nice job on the glass lately. I, he I gets thought he pretty that high up college. in the air, right? Yeah, and he's got some length, and he's kind of he's like big. Right? He's really tall. I don't know if 6'9 is like right, honestly, even at this
0: point. Yeah, um, He's a good guy. I, I feel good like kid. he once he gets his his lower body um, a little stronger, um, it's gonna just open up that much more for him because right now, like, I think I noticed it more um, in the uh, the last game that they played on what was it Sunday Sunday night, where like certain fours will just be able to like back him down and like oh just, yeah you know oh who
1: was down. it was it uh. Kid, was that the Charlotte um, game? Um, Kid Gilchrist? Uh,
0: yeah, I'm blanking on who it was. Yeah, it, someone just bodied him out of the way. Yeah, no, it happened. That's going to happen, yeah. But, so. uh, you know, he's a teenager. Um, right. Slightly higher of age than a teenager is Frank Nalokino, who is all of 20 years old. By the way, I, I, I was very proud of myself when I figured out this stat. Uh, the two of them have scored 88 points over the last two games together, Knox and Frank. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Sixteen a night, so they got thirty five tonight, and they had forty three between them wow. the previous game, so
1: that's awesome
0: eighty eight points the last two games uh which averages out obviously to uh f- well, let me do some quick math 40, 40 yeah forty yeah forty four uh per per game, which is higher than their uh, combined ages, so I think that's pretty cool.
1: Oh yeah, there you go. That's. Good. I was wondering where you were going with this. Yeah.
0: Or maybe hold on. Maybe my maybe my math is a little off. Thirty. Hold Wait, on. I think you're right? Nineteen plus it? sixteen, thirty-five plus forty-three. No, I, my math is off. It's seventy. Yeah, sorry. Seventy-eight points between them. Seventy-eight points, which is exactly if you cut it in half, the same as. As their combined ages of 39 years old. That's
1: it. Oh my God! Yeah, the basketball know. gods are with us.
0: Yeah, this, these are the things that I think about when you're a, <laughs> when you're a part-time math teacher and a, a part-time blogger. Um, <laughs> so I thought I thought it was just another really aggressive um, game from Frank. Uh, I, I I'm so tell me if I'm imagining this. I think what I've been saying after the last two games, and again after this game. I feel like now, when the defense gives him that sliver of an opening, he's not thinking and he's just attacking it. Is is yeah. that what you're saying too?
1: Yeah, I would tend to agree. He kind of he's kind of doing his usual thing in the first half, but you see in the second half, like it, it's so it's so hard to pick up on too because it's really like it's like a difference of like point one seconds where he's just not he's not hesitating. Yeah, and he's just taking a shot, and I love it. I don't care if it misses. I just that's what I need him to do. I don't care if he's taking pull-up twos. Like, in the long term, we'll talk about it. But, uh, you know, take the shot, man. If they're leaving you open, take the shot. That's all i wanted from the beginning. He's starting to hit them. The confidence is everything when it comes to shooting. It is everything. And he seems to have gotten it back.
0: Yeah, I mean, 2 or 4 from deep uh, tonight. Got to the free throw line. Let's, let's uh, you know, celebrate with a, a party favor for that because <laughs> it's that's, <laughs> that's been a rarity this year. Um I thought he he made some nice passes he had a, a nice little pocket pass to Cantor there that oh yeah uh, yeah i don't even think he got an assist on that play oddly enough, really um,
1: I should have cantor finished it right wasn't it an and one it it
0: was yes, it wasn't an and one but i I don't know I think maybe because cantor took a dribble um I'm not sure, but oh that'd be bullshit, I know <laughs> but yeah if you you know but if you if you kind of just. You know, if you watch him, it's just it's it's a different, it's a different feel, it's a different look from him. Um, and you know, I think his defense is just like I thought. There were a couple possessions where it just one on one. Oh, and that was the other thing I wanted to point out about what what Fizz said after the game. So Rebecca Harlow, um, to her credit, asked Fizz like, you know, what the hell are you doing with these first quarters? And he's like, yeah, we can't keep spotting teams forty points. That's that's not good um and she yep. she she pressed him <laughs> yeah we could all agree on that she pressed him and she's like well what is it and he's like we're not guarding the ball he's like we had in the first quarter seven blowbys which you know is like when a, a guy simply can't stay in front of their man yeah and that's like frank has gotten you know occasionally he gets blown by but i feel like by and large there were a couple times tonight where he did a really great job staying in front of whether yeah. it be Sexton or, or someone else. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm thrilled with what we saw.
1: Yeah, I think you know the defense is going to be there. I that's like cherry on the cake. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we always have that. He's always going to have that. The question is the offense. Uh, what I what I like about what he's doing now is. That kind of – when he dribbles into that elbow jumper from like 14 to 16 feet, that's yeah. kind of a money shot for him. And I think this it's starting to show up on the scouting report because there have been a couple of times now – uh it happened again tonight where he dribbles up to that spot and when he gets there, the big actually comes out to kind of like make sure he doesn't get an uncontested look, which has never happened before. Well, <laughs> uh, And it gives space for the pass.
0: It should be be on the scouting report because, for as abysmal a shooting season as Frank has had, um, if you go by basketball reference at least, from 10 to 16 feet, he's shooting 51%. Really? Yeah. So, like, he he is kind of money from there. Um, Right. Obviously, that's not, you know, well, I mean, I was about to say that's not the distance that you want guys taking shots. But then again, Tony Parker made a living taking yeah. those shots for, yeah. you know, 15 and it, years. It does
1: open things up. It's more than the math. It's like there there is an effect that it has on the opponent. And the game is more than just the end score, which sounds weird, but it's a game of runs, right? If, yeah. if he comes out and hits two mid-range jumpers in a row uncontested, there is no way they're not helping him. They're not helping on him next time he comes around for that jumper. It's just not going to happen. It's a psychological thing. Like, okay, great, the math says let him take that jumper, but how do you feel, how did we feel in the first half when guys would just get Ennis Kanter switched, walk up to the free throw line, and hit the jumper? Because yeah. it is a free throw
0: on some level. Yeah, no, you're absolutely you're right.
1: uncontested, so, you know, that's my rant.
0: <laughs> it was a good rant. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anything else we got to cover uh, about this game or just in general before mm-hmm. we go?
1: Mm, I was surprised at how little Noah Fonley played. That was a little strange.
0: 24 minutes. Um, he only took five shots. I, yeah. I mean, Cantor kind of. I, I thought it was a good Cantor game, and I. Yeah. I, I preface that you know, a good Cantor game. Our, stand, yeah. our, <laughs> our standards for Cantor um, on, on both ends, quite frankly, are are, are what they are. Um, yeah, maybe that was it. Uh, also, not a lot of minutes for Mitch. 16 minutes, only took two yeah. shots. Yeah,
1: he wasn't very good tonight, to be honest. Did you see, see anything in particular? That- nah, he just he seemed to be kind of passive, yeah, uh, yeah and just word. kind of waiting for things to come to him. Although that kind of, that was the Knicks in the whole first half. It was just what like he was saying with the blow buys. No one was playing. There's a difference between aggressive defense and passive defense, and it can be it's it's like the little things. But he was. Robinson was emblematic of that passive defense tonight. He wasn't really doing anything on the offense either. So, yeah. yeah, it is what it is.
0: Um, we should also just say for the record, uh, Mario Hazonia obviously did not get the start tonight and was also, at least initially, uh, surpassed in the rotation by Luke Cornett, who was the – Yeah. Who was – it is kind of funny. Who yeah. um, was the ninth – no, sorry. Cornett was the – yeah, he was the ninth guy in the game – and then uh it looked like we weren't gonna see any of Hazonia in the first half, and then uh, I guess it was Knox got his third foul. Yeah. So then Hazonia came in and then Hazonia ended up playing um instead of Cornet in the second half. So you know, we'll see what this means for the rotation yeah. going forward. I mean
1: Cornet wasn't good, so the poor I feel bad for him. He He tries though. Yeah, but he's he's like I've never seen someone so groundbound. He's like Roy Hibbert. Uh, at his worst, where he, like, he just can he has no agility. It is yeah. crazy. Nah, it's pull, not good. Like, they just pull up in his face, he can't get contested. There's no chance. It's way worse than Cantor,
0: which is crazy. That is kind of nuts to say. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, um, we'll see what happens with... I like that they give him a shot. Why not? Yeah, I know. Hey, listen, what, what have you got to lose? Um, all right. Uh, anything to plug, promote, uh, sell, uh, rant on before we go?
1: No, I think that about covers it. I'll, I'll have something this week for Nick's Film School, awesome. hopefully. Good. I don't have as much time as I used to, so I can't write as much as I used to, but uh, something coming soon, and uh, yeah, that's about it.
0: Well, all that means is we'll all have to pay extra special attention when you do have something out, because God knows they're always very good. So, uh, Thanks, dude. Uh, of course. Um, thank you for the time, and of course... Uh, you out there, our wonderful, amazing listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. We will have one more episode this week that we'll, we'll be um, putting out tomorrow with a very special guest, someone that um, me and JB have been trying to get on the pod for a while and uh, he is kind enough to join us so we're going to leave you in suspense but it's going to be a good one, I promise. And yeah, next lose but some good stuff so... um you know, take solace in that. Uh, we will talk to you soon. Have a great day or night, wherever you are. And, yeah, be well. Be